Lisa and I welcome Sierra Sill to our podcast. Got a grumpy old man in your life? Change that. Okay, not that way. <laughs> Sierra Sill Natural Mineral Joint Pain Relief with a money back guarantee at Shoppers, London Drugs, and the best health food stores. Head over to sierrasill.com, S I E R R A S I L.com. Use your code GF and get 10% off your purchase. Welcome to episode 26, as I do my best Seinfeldian. No, that was terrible. I'm Lisa Brandt. Welcome to Gracefully and Frankly. I'm Erin Davis. We are so glad to have you along. We're going to cover a lot of territory this week, and my very first thing I have to say is, I'm sorry, we're going there again. And you'll understand why (laughs) when we get into it. Going to talk about hashtag take back our flag, which we're both certainly in favor of. And of course, we're going to see lots of flags around this week and this weekend as we get set to mark Canada's, what is it? You do the math. How long since Toronto Maple Leafs have won the Stanley Cup 1960? That's the only math I can do is how many years since 56, 156. I will admit to you, Aaron, that I do have a little bit of confusion about flying the flag, and I'll bring that up, and you can tell me if I just don't understand or what the deal is. But I don't have a flag up, and it's not that I don't want to have a flag up. It's not that I don't love the flag. We'll make it clear. Well, this is certainly raising some flags for me. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what, everybody? Ryan Seacrest has a new job. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I know. We're lucky that he hasn't stepped in and said, hey, can I be a spokesperson for Envy Pillow? Because they'd be crazy mad not to take him. But right now it's you and it's me and we love our Envy <laughs> Pillow. I took mine on our rustic trip the other day. And of course, everything went sideways except how we slept. We slept beautifully on ours. It travels beautifully. It's got a lovely silk pillowcase. It's made of only the best things in the earth. And we're grateful that Kim and Kathy have partnered with us to tell you about Envy Pillow. You can learn so much more at envypillow.com. It really is the best pillow. There's a guarantee with it. And we'll give you 10% off just for saying Ryan Seacrest. No. <laughs> we'll put 10% on if you say Ryan Seacrest. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. The code is GF. All right. So let's get going. Here we go. Oh, I'm laughing already, Lisa, because anytime something happens to me, I think, well, this is crappy, but you know what? It's going to be really great to talk with Lisa about, but I don't (laughs) want to talk about it this time because this will make three in a row, like a a trifecta, a royal flush, if you will, of of shows that have mentioned bathrooms. Three in a row of number two. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So everyone who follows you on social media knows that you had some plumbing issues on your getaway. So tell us the poop. (laughs) Well, I really don't want to make this kind of the underlying theme or we're going to have to make it a hashtag when people are looking for our podcast. Hmm, I wonder if there are any podcasts around that mention poo regularly. Oh, look at it. It's gracefully and frankly. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Flush it out for us, will you? Uh, yeah. No, yeah. oh, not the niche I thought we were going to fill. But okay. So <laughs> Rob and I went away to this place that's all rustic cabins, some more rustic than others. This was one of the original ones and it's all logs and the original windows and doors with those little funky little handles. And it's my idea of fun to get away to less. Now, I will tell you that on my getaway to a rustic place, I took along the following. My envy pillow, my weighted blanket, my soda stream, our air fryer, and I'm I'm trying to think of what else. Nespresso. Yep. Thank you. There it is. The fifth one. (laughs) So when I say roughing it, it's roughing it, but with my creature comforts. Okay. Yeah. When you think of the things that make you happy, you know, the pillow, the blanket, the coffee, whatever. Right. The last thing on your mind is, gee, I hope the toilet works (laughs) because it's just such a basic thing, right? So first night we're there, uh, there's this really strange gurgling happening. And then we think, well, you know, we're we're attached to another place. It's a duplex. And it's really great because it's like made of these huge old cedar logs and very, very soundproof, except for there's this strange gurgling. And we're thinking, well, they must be emptying a sink or or draining a bathtub or whatever. You never know how all this old plumbing works, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then 10 o'clock at night, Rob comes out of the bathroom and says, uh-oh, the toilet's not flushing. You know, we said, okay, that's fine. Close things up. Let's just wait and see what happens. And of course, at that moment, as you're lying in bed, all of a sudden, everything that you put in your mouth the whole day, you start questioning. You're like, why did I eat? Why did I have to have that extra decaf? Why? Why? So I get up in the night and I carefully take a peek. That's with a K. And everything is fine. So I used the commode. That's fine. And then in the morning, I went again and flushed and everything was fine. And then Rob tried not fine. So it's, yeah. It's his potato diet. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking I couldn't blame him. Oh, I couldn't blame him. I just, I just couldn't. Oh, I never, ever stopped thinking about this. And please forgive me if it's indelicate. But Toronto radio morning host John Moore once said, when he walks from the hardware store downtown with a plunger in his hand, all he can think about is people go, wow, he's got big poo. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I swore I wasn't going to go there. But as it turns out with the cabin, couldn't go there either. So anyway, these two guys who could not have been nicer, I think that they're in maintenance at this resort. They're pretty much used to everything. And they had to work on this place for two hours, got under the cabin (gasps) because it was our place and the other place. So it wasn't our fault. It was who knows what. And we did ask, like there was a raccoon in there or something. He said, we don't know. (laughs) But you know what I think it is, Lisa, and this is just pure conjecture, but People are so used to flushing those personal wipes and baby wipes yeah, and things that shouldn't even be flushed in the city that, you know, stuff's going to happen. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're having your coffee and your biscotti this morning or your tea and you're sharing these gentle hours with us. I'm sorry. We won't go there again. But it just goes to show you. Nothing can possibly happen next week. It can't. No, of course not. Not, not in this vein. It no. just... 
No, it's just not possible. From your lips to God's ears. But I'm so sorry, as I say, that this is so indelicate and it's really not going to be our theme. I promise you that. But anyway, it's just one of those things that happens. You can prepare for everything. Have you got your butter? Have you got your garlic parmesan? Have you got everything you're going to need? And then, you know, the, the gods laugh whenever you say, I got this, right? I'm really surprised that they don't have one of those little signs that say only toilet paper goes into these. We stayed at a beautiful place in Arachat, Nova Scotia, and they had one of those signs. I mean, people think those flushable wipes are flushable. They're not flushable. You can't put anything down there. Yes, they do have a sign. But you know how people are. They think, well, I do it at home. Oh, okay. Why does it say flushable? And I also remember talking to somebody. Toronto was having some big trouble. And they said one of the biggest problems is people flush their dental floss. And dental floss, you know how strong that is, right? And it just gets into all the machinery. So just stop with the flushing already. Which takes us to what a lot of people are going to be doing this weekend, leaving their abodes and heading off to enjoy the great outdoors in this beautiful, wonderful country of ours for Canada Day this Saturday. Perfect time for getting outside, getting together with friends, all, all those things. There's something about a national pride that just makes you want to be around other people and celebrate, right? Absolutely. It doesn't have to mean drinking. Canada Day also marks, uh, <laughs> I started on June 30th, so I celebrate Canada Day, but I'll be four years sober as of tomorrow. Congratulations. Clap, 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 Congratulations. Clap. Yes. Are there a lot of Canadian flags flying in your neighborhood? Not really. We notice when they're up, and I've seen some off of people's balconies. I saw a bright and vibrant one down the hill the other day. And ours, we've still got up from last week's from Indigenous Peoples Day, and it, it's the Indigenous Canadian flag, the red and white combination, which I think is just quite lovely. Oh, and we have a little pride flag in one of the kids' bedrooms because we took our grandson to pride in Sydney, little downtown Sydney, and it was a very sedate affair, but uh, he got a flag and he loves it. So, uh, yeah, those are our flags. How about you? We have a few, and I think it's hard to judge because this is a new neighborhood. So they went up, you know, as the places got finished and stuff. But they happened to go up after the whole absconding with the flag, you know, with some of the protests and different things that went on where it seemed like our national flag was being co-opted for political reasons. And I remember my one neighbor putting hers up and saying, you know, I hope people don't think I'm doing this in solidarity with the protesters. I'm doing this because I love Canada and I, I want to fly my Canadian flag. Right. So there are a few and they're, they're on those cantilevered poles that come out that are attached to the house. Yeah. Sort of at a, at a 90 degree angle. Yeah. Our front lawns are really small, so it would probably take up the whole lawn. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> So there are a few. But, you know, we also have a guy who works on the property, who did anyway, I haven't seen him in a long time, with a Canadian flag on the back and F. Trudeau written through it. So, you know, you got to kind of look um, around and go, all yeah. Canadian flags are not created equal, right? Unfortunately. Yeah. And to me, 
It's sickening. It makes me sad to see our flag, our beloved flag that has been on the arms of some of the greatest heroes in history, in our very brief history, whether as peacekeepers abroad or in war, and to see our flag hijacked for people who are angry and have no better way to articulate it than using expletives. It just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And I have heard from other people who are afraid to fly their flag lest they be seen as supporters of those. So there is a hashtag called Take Back Our Flag. And I think that it began in the United States where they are really, really serious about their flag. I respect that immensely, the bunting and the flags and the mailboxes and all that. It's Americana. You don't see it so much here in Canada, though. No, you don't. I think of it, actually, when I drive through the States, we've been in the U.S. on motorcycle trips for July 4th. Mm-hmm. One time we were in this tiny little town and we got caught in their parade. And, oh, you know, But it wasn't a very long parade. It was like 15 yards or something. But it's, it's almost it almost becomes meaningless when it's everywhere. I don't quite get that. I've never actually had a flag on my own property. I've also been very much aware and concerned about messing it up somehow. Every once in a while, you drive out in the country and you see somebody who's got a flag that's been up for 30 years and it's all ratty and you just go, oh, Uh, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Well, for those who fly the flag, it's a point of great pride in their country. And a lot of people have provincial flags, too. To each his own, I guess, as long as it doesn't harm your neighbor or look like an eclipse outside their bedroom window because it's so big. (laughs) As someone who rides a motorcycle, I'll bet you can point out exactly where the Husky gas station is with that enormous Canada flag. You can spot that thing for miles away. There is no question about that. (laughs) Yeah, we've had the, you know, we have our Canadian flag, our little flag. We had it affixed to the bike whenever we go through the 4th of July parades and honk and everybody be, oh, Canadians, whatever. <laughs> but it's uh it's just something I've never been compelled to do on my own property. I don't know why. It's got nothing to do with my love for the flag or the country or anything like that, but I've just never put one up. Then again, maybe it's just the fear of doing something wrong. I don't know. Aha, uh-huh. let me ask you this. You can recline on my analyst's couch for just a moment. All right. Have you ever put a sign up for a politician? No, I have not. Me neither. Yeah. You know why? Why? I don't want people knowing my business. Yeah. yeah, you see? So you're a private person. That's all. I guess so. But I here, I'm going to analyze myself. We're both, me and myself, are going to lie on the couch now. Okay. But I love my country, and I love the flag, and I love everything about living here. So I want people to know that. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? I will put out a sign that our MP gave us. It's a sort of a paper flag and it says, you know, happy Canada Day. Yeah. I will put that out, Good. but that's just temporary. I'm still imagining you in a parade. If only Derek still had those special chaps, that could have been a whole nother parade, Lisa. Oh my goodness. I've been caught in more than one parade, you know. <laughs> it's kind of my thing, so... <laughs> time to remind people if you want to have a chat about any of this we're always there go to our gracefully and frankly facebook page okay it's a safe space we don't allow turds in our sandbox and of course we're open to different opinions and if there's something we've stated that we could have said better and i'm not talking about you lisa because um, i did something the other day that i thought i could have said better and it was an interview with 
Broadcast Dialogue got in touch with me when they learned that Loyalist College, my alma mater in Belleville, was suspending their radio broadcasting and journalism courses. And I gave my feedback. And there was something I said which ended up being sort of highlighted in the article, you know, in bold letters, read on sort of thing. And I said that the radio industry was on life support. And in the week since I've had that interview, I have really regretted saying that. Now, you came to my defense when somebody posted somewhere that they didn't agree with me, and I appreciate that. Well, take a look at what's been happening to the industry. I don't think you're wrong because a lot of the shows are originate from one market and are pumped into other markets. Bell just got rid of all those people. Mm. And uh, it wasn't just radio, of course, but uh, broadcasting as a whole. They just powered off almost a half dozen stations after starving them and then saying, well, we can't sell airtime. I think it's an industry that is on life support. And what Bell has just done, for example, which was part of the reason for the, the interview as well, it was the Bell thing. And of course, Loyalist isn't the only course that's either going on hiatus or shutting down mm -hmm. because there are no jobs to put people into. And they're finding that the younger people are noticing that they don't have the future that they might have once had. So I think you're Dr. Tomorrowing mm -hmm. this a little bit. I think it is on life support. I read what you said and I agreed with you. We have a longer view of the industry than a lot of people do now. Like when you think of a manager who's in their late 20s, mid 30s, how far back are they looking? We can see longer and see what it used to be. And I think it's a valid comment. Well, thank you for that. And it does sound self-serving that I said, please, please tell me why I was right. But where I was wrong was that there are stations in some markets that really, really are fighting to stay alive. There's a guy named Paul Larson in Kelowna who, during COVID, bought a radio station that had been sort of a heritage station, and he's running it himself. Mm. And, you know, he's up against the big names, Patterson and Bell and Rogers, in the market of Kelowna, and he's doing all right. And I thought, well, you know what? You are a rare rare gem and you are saving private radio for that one particular market, but he is the outlier, unfortunately. Well, he is. And that's not the only station like that. I mean, there's one in Wallaceburg that is locally owned, a few others that are fully staffed and locally owned here and there, but they're certainly not the majority and they're not moving the needle. They're doing a great job on their own. I don't want to take away from them, but what's happening on a bigger scale is death and destruction to the industry. Yeah. So unless more people buy these stations and give them their heart and soul, somebody might have had a chance to do that with CJBK in London. But oh no, they flicked it off the air and now it's a signal that no longer exists. So I stand by your words, even if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real friend. But tell us why CJBK is so personal to you and what it meant to London. Have your soapbox here so people understand just how heinous what Bell did was. And now they're trying to get out of any news that they have to do on other stations. It's like you said, we get it, Bell. You don't like journalism. 
Yeah, they want to get out of doing local news because that's where it costs the most. They can have one person in Ottawa or Toronto funneling the other news through, but to have boots on the ground in local markets will cost them money. And, oh, my goodness, the shareholders can't have it. Mm -hmm. So CJBK is um, one of the older stations in London. Back when I started in radio, the earth was still cooling. There were echoes of the Big Bang. The CJBK and CKSL were the two top 40 radio stations, and I worked at CKSL. So they've been around a long time. They used to be fully staffed back in the day. AM was eroding on its own. It's not like it's been the king for a long time. But um, what made me really sad was when I worked there, it was zero budgets, like not a little budget, zero budgets for, we had to find ways to do things for free, Mm -hmm. including contests, events, anything. Yeah. Buying your own staples, I think was was the perfect example. You had to buy your own staples. Yeah. And this is working for Bell. May I remind you, they just brag about all their amazing profits over and over again, Mm -hmm. but they starved the station. They retired the afternoon guy and then said to the station, well, okay, we've gotten rid of him, but you can't replace him because we won't give you any money. So they ran TV audio on radio in the afternoon. Well, of course they got slaughtered in the ratings. The only live show was the morning show. After I left, they extended that by an hour. For no extra money for the hosts, I'm sure. No extra money. No, no, I don't think so. They were just told, you're doing another 20, 25% work and you're not getting an extra cent. And then they split the two of them up because they wanted to make it sound like they had more people. And so, you know, they do all these things and then they turn around and go, well, I don't know why nobody's buying airtime. So this this station isn't viable anymore. And they did that to four other stations as well. So back again, with a longer view, when you go back and find out that when Bell bought CTV and it had to take the radio properties because of the CRTC, they never wanted radio. So they killed it. Yeah. That's that story. Yeah. The redheaded stepchild. Excuse me, I have to climb down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very high on my excuse me. I'm stepping down now. Just while you're up there on your soapbox, can we have a moment? Would you please lower your flag, Lisa, for Michael Melling, the guy behind Lisa LaFlemme's departure? Well, one of the guys, let's say, but the weasel who asked who said she could go gray. Uh, oh, he was part of the cuts. So just a moment of silence. Yeah. Thank you. There you go, Melling. Good luck. (laughs) Hey, speaking of new jobs, did you hear who is taking over Wheel of Fortune for Pat Sajak? He takes over every job. Ryan Seacrest. Is there nobody else working in the States? It's insane. (laughs) Here's the thing. Last week, when Pat Sajak made his little announcement, I said to Rob, you watch. It's going to be Ryan Seacrest. I said, he's perfect for this. He has no edge. He's just Mr. Congeniality. And did you really? Wow. I said that. I said that. And Rob said, no, no, it's got to be Vanna. She's been waiting 40 years. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Silly Rob. A woman would never get the job. Come on. Oh, Oh. my God. So it's Ryan freaking Seacrest. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It is. I thought maybe LeVar Burton, he was such a close, also ran for host of Jeopardy, and he's such a yeah. lovely guy. No, of course, it's going to be Ryan 
Seacrest. Uh, I mean, I wish him well. We're jealous. We don't have 19 jobs. Well, we do have as many jobs as him. It's just they don't pay. But come on, <laughs> there's got to be somebody else. I'm starting to think he's AI. Like he, he can't be real. He just has <gasps> too much work. Oh. Yes. Look Ooh. for a plug on him. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, we're all going to be replaced by Ryan Seacrest. I don't know how long Vanna's going to stick around, but that's that's drama I don't even have time for. Oh, I couldn't wait to ask you about that. <laughs> hey, can I throw in a plug here? Please. Yeah, and not the kind that's attached to Ryan Seacrest so that he can show up everywhere and do everything. I'm surprised he didn't play Ken in the Barbie movie, but I'm really (laughs) looking forward to Ryan Gosling in that role, can I just say? I'm going to be part of an online summit tomorrow that is free. That is, once again, free. And it's called Growth After Grief. And it's got a whole bunch of different speakers. And it's being organized by a woman in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm going to make it real easy for you to find how to join us. You just register so that we know how many people are coming. Go to erindavis.com or I will link to Monday's journal so that you can watch it at our Gracefully and Frankly Facebook page. But I just wanted to let everybody know about it. I'm going to be speaking at 3 p.m. Eastern. There are a whole bunch of speakers. It's all free and it's all about moving through grief and having some recovery and just, you know, getting through this life in one piece the best you can after you've suffered loss. So that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. It is free. Once again, free. There are places where you can add on to be a VIP and there are different things that are added for you. That price quoted is in US, but just know that attending tomorrow will be free. And I would love, 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 love to see everybody there tomorrow. Okay. Awesome. Great. Thanks for letting me do that. Oh, anytime. And of course, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Canada Day this Saturday. A lot of people are going to be out celebrating this most wonderful country that ranks at the top of almost every list you look at in terms of quality of life, happiness of its citizens. It's not a perfect country. We've got a long way to go. I remember posting something a few years ago where it was a saying, Lisa, that went like, um, where I live isn't heaven, but I'm from Canada and that's close enough or something like that. Uh, and a woman wrote, you're kidding, right? And I thought, oh, OK, we're going to go down that road of everything wrong with Canada. And God knows there are a lot of things wrong with this country. You know, we could start with potable drinking water and just keep going. But there is a time, too, to also celebrate the things we've done right and look at the things we can do better. And look around the rest of the world and see what some people would kill for, give their left arm for, that we take for granted. So we're pretty darn lucky. And die for, as we saw with those migrants who, in a, in such a, a bizarre juxtaposition of stories, you've got, you know, hundreds of migrants who have drowned in the waters off of Greece. And then that is just completely overshadowed by these five people, including a few billionaires, and one of them is 19-year-old son and an explorer who died going down to look at the Titanic. And you asked me a fascinating question about that, and it had to do with unlimited wealth. Yeah. If you had unlimited wealth, what would you 
rather do than go down to the wreck of the Titanic. And I wouldn't want to go down to the Titanic or up into space. And I certainly wouldn't get a yacht the size of a city. What would you do? I don't know. I love what Bill Gates has done with his money. But then look at all of the hatred and vitriol and outright craziness about people accusing him of doing all kinds of things. I mean, he's mostly eradicated polio in the third world, certainly on the continent of Africa. And what does he get for it? You know, so if you've got all that money and you try to do good things, Jeff Bezos ex, she spends money in wonderful ways to help people. If you're looking for thanks, you're not going to get it. So it has to be completely altruistic. But for myself, if I was going to do something with big money, and you're going to have to answer this too, Lisa. Okay. I thought it would be one of those cruise ships that just goes around the world and just stops places. That's what I thought I'd do. Now I have my grandkids. So I want to be where they are. So we're going to need a bigger boat. (laughs) (laughs) Many years ago, a billionaire bought a lifetime passage with an airline. And this is in the 90s. And he's still flying today. Yes, I read this. Yeah, he gets on and goes wherever he wants. He will be able to do it as long as he lives. And I thought that was money really well spent because there's no, can I afford first class? Is there a seat available for me on this flight? I mean, he probably wouldn't have those issues anyway. He could buy his own plane. But this way, Mm -hmm. he's probably racking up air miles at the same time. So, you know, it's brilliant in many respects. I like that idea. He is. He bought it with United. They had this thing where if you buy a lifetime pass, it was $290,000 US. Right. He said he can always be in seat 1B. That's where he always wants to be. And he said, you know, those people who get on the plane before you, I'm on before them. That's right. And, (laughs) you know, he's already gone through a little bowl of warm nuts before anybody even gets on the plane. Yes, he uses his air miles, which is, I think, a fault in that plan by United that he was still allowed to accrue air miles, but he uses the air miles for meals for the world's finest hotels. He can shop with them anywhere. He's got it made in the shade. Yeah. But there were a lot of people who said, first off, complained about his carbon footprint. And the answer to that was, don't you think the plane was going anyway? There's that. Yeah. And other people who just say, bro, why aren't you at home with your family? But his wife goes with him. Somebody is always going to criticize whatever you do. So even if it's flying a flag or hosting Wheel of Fortune, Lisa. So let's just go into our July on a positive note. And um, thank you for being one of the best parts of Canada for me, because you and I have free speech and we could just talk about whatever we want and then check the comments. (laughs) Oh, there's just a critic for everything. And I don't want that to be part of my tiny, tiny brain getting filled up. Yeah. And you know, I think it's Mark Manson, who we both love, uh, who says that the first thing you give your attention to in the morning, like opening up those comments or looking at Twitter, that's what sets your pace for the day. You control it. So if you started your day with our podcast today, thank you for that. Sorry about the plumbing. (laughs) Next week, we promise, we promise for the whole second half of 2023, well, we hope, no more talk about the bathroom, okay? Sound good? In fact, I will pledge to take an Imodium before we start so we can guarantee there will be nothing that we can possibly do that we'll talk about. Okay. All right. Happy Canada Day. Have a wonderful week. And thanks so much for spending this episode with us. We'll be back 
next week. And thanks to Envy Pillow for making it all possible. That was a great part of my getaway. <laughs> I'm Erin Davis. I'm Lisa Brandt. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.